0: You're listening to the Master Photography Podcast. Welcome into to the Master Photography Roundtable, part of the Master Photography Podcast Network. You're joined by thousands of photographers listening to the show who are all on the same journey to master their photography. I'm Jeff Harmon, the host for this episode, and I'm joined by my friend, Brian McGuckin. How are you, Brian? i am doing great i'm doing great how are surviving you? in these these times
1: <laughs> i honestly am yeah. yeah 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 i know i know uh I, I heard a good quote about how we're all in the same storm but we're not in the same boat ah nice and although uh although i'm thriving right now i know unfortunately others are not right right Yes,
0: I and probably a number of the listeners, if especially if they're full-time photographers, it could be a serious challenge to to them. And I, I wish everyone out there the very, very best. We we hope you can make it through this. We also have a very special guest on this episode. And D, I hope you say Cusick. I should have checked before we started. Is that how you say your last name? Okay. (laughs) All right. So D, D won our Creative Juices Photo Contest that we held here in March to April 2020 with a really stunning image that we are going to dig into in a lot of detail in this episode. So welcome, D. Welcome to the show.
2: Thanks. Fun to be
0: here. <laughs> Excellent, uh, Dee, We I'd like to first start off with like getting to know you just a little bit. So tell me about yourself. Is is photography a full time thing for you?
2: Um. Well, technically, this year I was planning to make it a full time thing. Um, apparently, I picked a bad year to do that. Uh, I my goal this year was to become a full time rodeo photographer. Wow! And work towards my. I don't know if you know that much about rodeo, but the PRCA, uh-huh. the pro rodeo, get my card. And now, so far, everything's being canceled.
1: Right. So,
2: yeah. Um. So, I work part-time uh, in a couple wineries here in Walla Walla, but unfortunately, right now, they're all closed, too. So, you know we're hanging in there. Hopefully <laughs> my partner's still working, so you know we have we have money
1: coming in. So oh well, that's okay. good. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Excellent. So, how when long? You say, yeah, go ahead, Brian. Sorry, when you say uh, you know your hopes were to become a, a full time rodeo photographer, like there are so many aspects of photography, and that's one that I know little to nothing about, other than you can get amazing lighting. But yeah. uh, what does what does that look like?
2: Um getting access into the rodeo arena and basically covering the rodeos. Um, Yeah. Just getting in and getting shots. And with the goal of going up and getting my pro card for the PRCA, then my images would be submitted to them and hopefully, you know, um, published in their publications and, Hopefully, start making some money off of it.
1: Is that something that you would only get paid if it was used in a publication, or would somebody kind of hire you and pay you like per gig or possibly a combination? Know, a, little
2: of both. a little of both. A lot of people get um sponsorships with companies and things like that. So, right now, it's just basically selling prints and things. And I've got a few, I do some portrait work and stuff too, which I get. Uh, through some of that rodeos and I also do a few um like equine portraits for uh horse breeders and stuff. So I'm still doing a little bit of that.
1: And that can be pretty lucrative, right? Like I know <laughs> yeah. at least here in the Midwest, you know, not not far from Kentucky. I know there's a lot of um photographers down there that are really into that. And I know that the horses cost a lot of money and
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: people love to have photos of them.
2: Yeah, it's it's starting to bring in a little money. So, yeah. What,
0: what does it mean to get your card? So tell me about that process.
2: So there's different types of – there's different levels or different associations of rodeos. Um, the stuff you see on TV and the big rodeos, they're all um, professional um, through the PRCA, Professional Rodeo Cowboy Association. And technically, the only way to be able to photograph those is – to have your card with that association is to be a member and it takes a little bit of money and you have to submit your portfolio and go through kind of a vetting process and make sure that you're up to par. Um, So I was planning on starting that this year, but now I think I'm putting it off till next year and just do some of the local stuff and keep building my portfolio. So.
0: How many people, do you have any idea how many people have a PRCA card?
2: I think there's right now around 50. I don't think all of them are Uh full-time. There's a few of them that are full-time. There's uh, one of them that has actually been kind of a mentor to me, and he's one of the top photographers out there. Um, His name's Matt Cohen. So he does a lot of sports, um, baseball, soccer, football. But his main gig now is rodeo, and he's pretty amazing. He's out of California.
0: That's awesome. How long have you been doing this? How like Photography in general is not just uh, rodeo stuff.
2: Uh, actually, I kind of picked up a camera about five or six years ago and started playing with it, and I, I'm not really physically able to be uh, like a contestant in rodeo. I grew up doing it, but... Uh-huh. I got invited to go to one of the local ones and just play around and kind of got hooked at it. It gets me back into the, into the world there.
0: Right. Right. Now oh, that's cool. I love it. And so for for almost that t- whole time you've been doing rodeo then for those five, six years?
2: Uh I've been, yeah, I've, as much as I can. And then just out trying to start some portrait photography and stuff. Tried to, this year is the first year I've actually went, I would say, Legitimately, my business and everything uh-huh. got it set up. So, uh, yeah, we just decided that to take a year or two and see if I could make a go of it. And now all of this has happened. So, <laughs> we'll see what happens.
0: Right, yeah, it's a tough what time is, to do it.
1: What is one challenge about uh, rodeo photography that is maybe not seen in like portraits or weddings? Like, what's something unique about that that you've experienced?
2: Oh, uh, you can't plan it. It's the shots are, you can kind of plan where, where you want to be in the arena or by the fence or whatever. But I mean, you're obviously can't, can't pose uh, a ride. You can't tell the cowboy to look this way or, <laughs> right. or to look this way. So it's a lot of it is just kind of studying in the arena and, Learning, learning the animals and the cowboys and cowgirls. And after a while, you'll see kind of a pattern that each of them, even the animals, they have their own patterns and, you know, you'll eventually kind of learn their patterns to be able to get better shots, whereas portrait, you can set them down, you know, and say, Hey, turn your head and can't really do it with that with rodeo or I guess even with other sports too, I haven't really done other sports, but.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say It was, at least for me with the sports I've tried, and Brian, I want to hear your your uh, experience with this too, because you've done a lot of sports as well. It's helped me when it's a sport I'm really familiar with and probably it played. Like basketball is my favorite because I played basketball. I love basketball. It is, it is my favorite sport. Uh, football's number two for me. I know, Brian, that's not yours, but <laughs> but, but number two. And I love, I, I like shooting all the sports. I love the challenge of doing that. But it sounds like it's it's a little bit similar. And I'd probably be a fish out of water and do, trying to do rodeo because I wouldn't even know what to take pictures of. Did it take you a while to, well, I guess you grew up in it, you said.
2: Yeah, I grew up in it. So I have an idea um, what I wanted and honestly now i'm starting to get if i'm starting to try to get more i guess i would call them more intimate pictures uh-huh. not the whole the whole scene um get more close up and more um just kind of intimate pictures maybe not the whole like if you had a bucking horse maybe not the whole horse bucking and everything behind it but maybe try to zoom in on possibly the cowboy's face or the equipment and just try to get a feeling, I guess of what it's like to be right there,
0: yeah, cool if that makes sense it does no i that totally makes sense. I think those are the ones that do bring the most emotion is when you can yeah. really kind of focus in on it, Brian, what do you think did, did? Has participating or really knowing a sport helped you to photograph a sport?
1: Oh, completely, yeah, growing up, I played football, so when when I go if and shoot like an n f l game it's helpful to kind of know, okay, what's the down, you know, how many yards they need to get, right. what player are they likely to do. But also, you know, like Dee said, you know, knowing each horse or knowing the rider, that's kind of like knowing a team. You know, if their quarterback is one who throws a lot, or if they have a running back, they're going to hand off a lot. So yeah, it, it definitely helps to kind of know all of that. So as I hear Dee talk about this, I, I wouldn't know where to begin right. you know, when it comes to rodeo photography. I, I will say that I was in Colorado a few years ago, and was just goofing around. We got one of my favorite shots because the sun was kind of setting. It was at a rodeo, the Mm -hmm. only time I've ever been one. The sun was setting and the dust was kicked up. And I got an awesome silhouette of like four guys on their horses, you know, with their uh, cowboy hats. And it just was so cool. But I would think D just being around all that dust that you probably have to clean your camera gear a lot. You don't? do.
2: My, my poor camera is a mess. <laughs> like that. And yeah, you can get some really cool shots. One of the problems is they tend to be either held like right in the middle of the afternoon, starting like 1 12, noon, 1 o'clock. So when the sun's really harsh or they start in the evening, which the first part of the rodeo, you can get some amazing shots, but then it gets dark and the arena lights are usually... Not very good, so the quality goes quite a ways goes down quite a ways right then but
0: okay. so when when you're shooting um what kinds it seems like sports maybe has a little bit of variability and and a little bit degree too with how you hold your camera how still you can hold it but what kinds of shutter speeds are you dealing with
2: uh typically at least a thousand mm-hmm. um, I typically shoot with my seventy two hundred or I have a twenty four one four that I like to shoot with um but yeah, typically, like the seventy two hundred I'm shooting wide open at two point eight for the most part, and uh at least a thousand shutter speed right or higher
0: make sure you can freeze that motion, yeah, yeah, that's good. Cool, I I love that. Where are you? Like down on the like most rodeos, you you have like a lot of bleachers and stuff around. Mm -hmm. Are you in the bleachers? Are you down like on the dirt with them? Where are you positioned?
2: I, I, unless I can be inside the arena, which doesn't happen all the time, just for safety and a lot of these smaller ones, the arenas are pretty small, so they make us stay outside the fence. So if I'm outside the fence, I'm actually usually. Laying on the ground, shooting under the under the rails of the fence. Oh wow! Trying to shoot up or on my knees, so trying to be as low as I can.
0: Uh Wow, that sounds sounds like it could get uncomfortable fast.
2: It's not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to wear your good clothes either. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Interesting. Have you ever had? Have you ever had an instance where an animal got a little bit too close to you?
2: Uh, yeah never I've always the couple times it's happened I've been on the outside of the fence but a couple of years ago I was actually at a um a workshop with with Matt Cohen down in California and we were shooting outside the fence and I actually got a pretty cool shot this bronc came and he came right at the fence and actually slammed into the fence right in front of me um if I had been on the other side of the fence I would have definitely gotten hurt um But yeah, it was. He ended up four or five inches from me just because the fence was between us.
1: Yeah, I know. If you know, if you see a, I don't even know how much how much these things weigh. Like
2: Uh, twelve hundred pounds.
1: Okay, I was going to guess a thousand. You know, you have a thousand pound animal coming at you uh, in a a fence. I I'd be scared. I I wouldn't trust that fence. (laughs) I'd I'd be run. Did, did you react that way? Did you,
0: did like uh native instincts take over or were you still shooting? They
2: did. I kind of, I mean, I was laying on the ground, so I rolled out of the way and I still got, I still got a lot of dirt in my face, but yeah, that he hit that fence pretty hard. So.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. That would scare me to death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, very cool. Okay. What before we go into your, your specific shot that you took here, is there anything else you can think of that we should talk about with rodeo photography?
2: Um it it's kind of a it's definitely a hard group to get into. It's very, I don't know, kind of a good old boys' club still. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, a lot of the guys and women have been around there for quite a while. Um, It's starting to change though. They're starting to obviously newer people need to come in the older, the older guys aren't out there as much. So it's getting better, but it is still very, very hard to get into. I would think that it's probably actually harder than some of the other sports right now to get into. But
0: so if you showed up with your, you know, your camera and lens and, and when started to to get as close as you could to take pictures, would they let you do that, or are they going to come over and 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 uh, give you a problem?
2: Um, a pro rodeo, they would definitely give me a problem. Some of the local ones, they're they're not too bad. Sometimes they'll just, you know, ask you to stay in a certain spot or something. But for the most part, they're pretty good. But yeah, the pro rodeos, they definitely would give you a problem and probably ask you to leave. So.
0: So, do you have to get like a media pass or something before the rodeo so you, you're legit there?
2: Yeah, if if you're not if you're not uh, if you don't not a member of the Professional Rodeo Association, you have to have a media pass. That I would say at ninety percent of them.
0: Uh-huh. Is that hard to get?
2: For me, it has been. I know some people that have gotten them. Um, I just don't really have the connections yet. But it just depends. I know here in town. I mean. Nick Nick Page has gotten his media pass a few times and gotten to our local rodeo where I haven't been able to. But Nick, who? Yeah, I know. Uh,
1: Nobody knows him here. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Unfortunately, he lives, you know, you know, about a mile from me, so it's a little. Oh, is that right? (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Really cool. Yeah. Yeah. We don't. We don't have rodeos where I live here in uh, Indiana. It's not unfortunately, or if we do, like nobody tells anybody about it. So if somebody's on a vacation and they have the opportunity to go to a rodeo and they bring their camera, and I, let's just assume it's probably you know just a local rodeo, um, what should that person kind of be prepared for or what should they be thinking or what lenses might you recommend? So like, if I'm asking you, I'm going this summer out west and I want to go to a rodeo, and what, basically what should I expect?
2: I would say try to most likely, like if you go to a smaller, just a local rodeo, I would try to bring at least a 7,200 or something with a little bit of reach to it. Most likely you're going to be in the grandstands. You At a local one, you might be able to get down next to the fence and get fairly close to things. Um, but yeah, just something that you can reach the action with. Um, if you're in the grandstands, obviously it's going to be a ways from you. And just kind of focus, I guess, focus on the action. Um, try to, I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you wanted to get down to the fence, down closer, if you knew somebody, if you knew somebody there, you might be able to ask if you could get down you know, beside the fence or something like that. A lot of the local ones are pretty easy to do that with, but.
0: If because, you have again,
2: your some of the big ones, you might be able to take a camera in the grandstands, but they're pretty picky on that too.
0: So, if you had your media pass, would that give you permission to get down there by the fence? Or usually, you... yeah, okay.
2: yeah, usually they may tell you you can't go certain areas, but uh-huh. you can usually get pretty close right down next to the fence. So,
0: and is there like a process like do you go onto a website is it the pra website how do where do you go to to even apply for a, a media pass
2: usually you go to the committee that's putting on the rodeo oh. the local rodeo so like here in walla walla i would go to the rodeo committee or um you're down in utah so some of the big ones you could go to to whoever whoever is the the committee or the sponsor of that of that rodeo okay where you would start there
0: and is it common that they already have uh, like exclusive photographer or, you know, photographers that that come in and shoot the events for their own promotions or what, is that common?
2: Yeah, it's pretty common. Yeah. So the guys that go to the same ones every year, they pretty, they tend to tend to go to the same ones year after year. Have a, have a good relationship with the rodeo. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So if, if, with Brian's question, if someone's going on vacation and they know there's a rodeo happening or they want to try this out because it looks really fun it looks like it'd be a fun thing to do yeah. they you, well you, you just research kind of who the committee is or maybe if there's like contact info about the yeah. uh, for the event yeah, I
1: would pull
2: up the contact info or or something there's usually a phone number or an email and try to get a hold of them
1: uh-huh.
2: and you know if you're in the grandstands usually you can take a camera at that the smaller ones again like the big ones they actually have it in the in the rules kind of in the fine print that it's just like football and stuff if you have a bigger lens they won't let you use it they'll let you use a smaller one maybe but so yeah the smaller ones like i said are pretty easy to get into and and you can get a lot more access to i see it, yeah that's a good good spot to start though
0: very cool. All right, Brian. Any other questions about rodeo, or should we get into this image? Uh,
1: I've had the opportunity to see a handful of her images, and she's got some amazing ones. So, um, I guess before we actually get into this one, yeah, let me let me ask her a question about this other one. Okay, it's on her Facebook page. She posted it. I think it was last January, but it's an awesome shot of of this. I don't horse. I guess I don't know. If, you know the different breeds or whatever. Yeah who had bucked this guy off, and the horse is like maybe three feet in the air, all the hooves are, and mm-hmm. the guy's like five feet in the air, flipping backwards over the horse. You know which one I'm talking about, Dee? Uh,
2: is it the one? Does he have a pink shirt on? or?
1: Yeah, uh, well, he has like a pink uh, like yeah, pant okay. things on. It's yeah. from January 18th, 2019. Yeah, when,
2: if it's the one I'm thinking of, it was taken at a local rodeo here. But, yeah, I was actually laying on the ground. That's one of the ones laying on the ground and kind of shooting up,
1: trying it's to just,
2: get <laughs> under, underneath of it.
1: It's a great action shot. Thanks. Cool.
0: I, I was just trying to go find it myself so I could take a look at it, but I'm still.
1: Oh, I'll, I'll share it with you really quick okay. while Because right. I'm, I'm looking at it right now on her Facebook page.
2: Okay.
0: Very cool. I, all right. I, I love it. This Wow. It makes me want to go shoot the rodeo. It's something right. I've never done. Yeah, and I know I have tons of options normally here in Utah. <laughs> right now, no, but but yeah. normally here in Utah they have uh, lots of rodeo events yeah. pretty regularly. So, okay, I love th- I love this image. This is a great image. We'll put a link in the show notes to the the guy getting bucked off the horse. That's awesome. Um, D let's let's talk about the image then that you submitted to our photo contest. Um, maybe I don't know where Brian. Where do you want to start with this image?
1: Well, what I loved about it, and I think I shared this in the little review, is when I first saw it, I love the colors, kind of the blue and the yellow are just a great combination. And I was intrigued by it because as I looked at it, well, I, I saw the hand coming down with something which I didn't know at first what it was, but then I saw somebody's butt sticking there <laughs> right. and I'm like, wait, if their butt's facing that way, how's their hand that way? And so it immediately just caught my attention and made me had to explore it more. And I love when the photo does that. I don't like a photo where I look at it and it's like, Oh, okay. That's nice. Next one. I like one that kind of seems like there's a story to it. And I wanted to know what it was. So that's what I like about this one as far as how it first grabbed my attention. I love it too. I Same, same thing. It
0: And it's, Maybe it's just because it's the rodeo and I don't see that many images from rodeo. Well, actually this isn't, this is branding, not a rodeo, right Dee?
2: Yeah. This is out on the ranch for, for branding calves this year, but
0: yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Dee, why don't you tell us like how, how did you even get yourself in position to take the shot?
2: Okay. So, um, there's obviously the calf is on the ground and everything that goes on here for each calf branding, there's vaccination and we won't go into all the Uh other details, but it it all happens within like 30 seconds. It's really super fast. So obviously I can't get like right laying down on the ground, but so I had my, my Nikon, I have a D four and then I put a 14 millimeter lens on it. And basically I just locked in the focus to where, I thought it should be, and I went over and my camera was actually on the ground, kind of right behind the calf, right below the branding iron there, sitting on the ground and pointing up, and I just started shooting from there. I couldn't get down to see in the viewfinder or anything, so it was, it was a lot of trial and error that day. Um, <laughs> I, got, I got a few others that I that I like. I think one that one that they posted on that Erica po- posted on the cover photo for the master photography, the photo um, feed a couple weeks ago was Uh one of my other ones that I really liked. But so, yeah, it was just kind of trial and error, putting the camera. I was like, I think I was two or three inches from the branding iron with my lens. Wow. so It was pretty pretty hot and smoky and dirty there. Uh, Trying to remember, I think I was shooting at, like f4 and around 500 shutter speed something like that
0: Uh okay and so how did you even like get with the the ranch owner like what what brought you to them to even be taking photos of this
2: so the guy that's holding the branding iron his hand he's a friend of mine and he invited me out and i've gone horseback riding with them a few times and Uh he invited me to come out and bring the camera and play around that day. And there's another photographer, actually probably not too far from you, Jeff, down in Utah that I follow. His name's Chris Dickinson. And he actually does a lot of shots like this and I've been following him and trying to to learn from him too. And so this is actually something I was, I was went in hoping to get something similar to this.
0: Okay. So you sort of had a vision of what it was you were hoping to have have that day. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The light was good. It was kind of overcast and like perfect light and everything. So it actually worked out.
1: Now I still feel like that hand is just coming out of nowhere, but (laughs) I think the person's body is on the other side of the smoke. Is that the person's foot? That's kind of. Yeah,
2: Yeah. So. Yeah, so there's actually two guys there there's the guy that's doing the branding and the guy who's but you see he's actually holding the calf down on the ground so so take yeah there's two guys right there
0: okay so now you're approaching the shot so one of the challenges was you you don't have a real good ability to look through like either the back lcd or the viewfinder to be able to yeah. frame it right that's what you said yeah Mm-mm. um so man a flip out screen would be nice right it would. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why that's like a definition of a professional camera is no flip out. I don't get it. Why don't we have flip out <laughs> screens on everything? But I don't know. Maybe it's weather sealing.
2: Doing that too, yeah,
0: so. yeah. there's that. Yeah. yeah, more chance of breaking it. Yeah. Uh, but give me the chance. Like, Give me the option. If, yeah. I, <laughs> if I don't want to use it, I don't use it. Anyway, um, how about getting your camera settings? How did you approach your camera settings for this?
2: Um. So I knew I wanted something fairly fast to get, um, you know, to kind of freeze that smoke and everything and, and things were moving. I mean, people are moving pretty quickly when they're doing that, they're moving around all the time. So I definitely need to freeze it. Um, and I was kind of going, I didn't really get a silhouette, but in a way it's kind of like on the, on the verge of getting a silhouette there just to get the sun coming through the smoke and things. So I played around a lot. I think I have some others that are around anywhere from about 250 to about 800 shutter speed. And I think I stayed pretty much around F4 for most of the shots, just so that I could get some decent depth of field because there's there's quite a few things to, to get in focus. Um, I think if I'd have gone to any, like a F two eight or anything, it would have been, I would have maybe just gotten the brand and everything else would have been pretty fuzzy and hard to see what was going on. Right. So yeah, it was a lot of trial and error, but I knew I basic where I basically wanted it to be I've, around F four was probably about right. And then just playing around with shutter speed till I got the, what
0: I liked. And I, I love how you described that because I, I think there's so many photographers that see a final image like this and they get discouraged thinking like, well, I just can't do that. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> and they think that like every single image that people take look like this. Um, so oh. I love it that that you talked about like, I had a whole lot of trial and error. You know. Was this the first time you've ever tried to to capture image, create images about branding?
2: Actually it is. Yeah, yeah. This is the first time I've actually tried to shoot a branding. So I think I got, oh, probably around three or 400 shots that day. Not all of just branding, but there was probably a hundred shots of just actual branding going on. Yeah. Uh, I think I maybe got nine or 10 that are, that I kind of liked out of them, out of that.
0: Right. So and that's that's kind of the point I was going for was encouragement. I want to give everyone listening some encouragement here. Like if, if there's something new you want to try, and even if you come away with like no images you're really happy with, going and giving it a try and, and taking a lot of photos and trying different settings, trying different positions... That's what it's about now, but I also think it's important to do what Dee here did as well in having a vision. She had a creative vision of something she wanted to produce, and then it took hundreds of (laughs) of tries to make it happen, right? It's not going to happen every single time. Um, But the the combination of the two, having something you want to get and then trying and trying and trying that's what produces really stunning results and makes it so that you can create compelling images. And, um, and it, it takes time. Um, if you D if you were just starting out and you hadn't been to rodeo and, and shot any rodeo stuff, would this have been that much harder to create an image like this?
2: Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly, when I first started out, I, got some shots that I thought were really cool. And I submitted them to a a Flickr account for critique and I just got torn up one side down the other. And (laughs) honestly, I kind of gave up. I was like, well, fine. I put the camera away and I don't think I touched it for three or four months. And then one day I got out and was playing around with it. And I actually just kind of started studying. And I think that's where it started was I started to, started to understand what they were actually saying when they critiqued it and you know, just trying to learn from there and it it's taken a while. I mean, I'm definitely not where I want to be yet, but I don't think anybody ever really is because yeah. it's always something new mm-hmm. to learn. So yeah, it's just just get out there and keep trying and I mean I guess something that I've always been told when you fail, it just means that you're trying. So
0: that's
1: right. How would you say over the past couple months, you know, during the whole quarantine, how, if at all, has photography impacted your time or consumed your time or just been a part of your time?
2: Um, it hasn't been as much as I've wanted. I've done some studying, watched some YouTube, just trying to do some more education and learning new editing techniques and things like that. Um, this last two or three weeks are the first time I've actually gotten to go out like for the branding I went to another one last weekend and just the lighting and stuff I never really got anything I was that pleased with but it's yeah it's just I haven't been able to be around people and getting the kind of shots that I want gone out in the hills with the dog and played around but yeah it hasn't been as much as I've wanted I've just spent more time trying to educate myself when I instead of out shooting right now
1: But I think that's great. And I think that's so important. And that's something uh, Jeff and I talked about a few episodes ago about how we have, or a lot of people have this opportunity where they're kind of forced to be a little bit isolated or have a little bit more time to themselves or time that they can control. and you were doing something about it by educating yourself, mm-hmm. which is exactly what Nick did when Nick had his back issues. Yeah. He sat there watching videos you know, for, for months. And I think that's still an important process because now as you do go out and get around people more, you've fine-tuned some skills or at least um, expanded your creativity probably to where you're going to be able to apply that more. So I still yeah. think that that's extremely important.
2: Yeah, so um yeah, just yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well said, Brian. Well said. <laughs> now and another thing about this image, and this is my assumption because again, I don't know that much, but you captured what I think is an important part of cattle life. And that's the branding, right? I mean, I enjoy seeing the unique logos and the way that's done. Uh and am I Am I right that the branding that this is kind of like an important part?
2: Yeah, it is. I mean, it is how we, I mean, I grew up on a cattle ranch. Um, so that's how we identify the animals. Uh, a lot of times they'll be out in the mountains and there may be two or three different herds that are in proximity and they'll end up getting together. And so it's one way of, you know, identifying Obviously, they can't carry around a driver's license or anything, but <laughs> hmm.
1: that's
2: that's how you, how you identify them, you know, to prove that they're for ownership. And honestly, I was kind of on the fence of posting these, just because some people would see it as, I you know, I guess, cruelty, and so they're But how to get past that? And
1: <laughs> <laughs> everybody has opinion. Everybody has their own opinion. So. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they do. And you know, they're, they're welcome to express them. That's fine. <laughs> it doesn't take away from the fact this is a really cool image. So that's, Thanks. that's, uh, that's why we, I know all of us like universally picked it out of the group as one that just really stood out. And, uh, so well done D that was, it's a very, very good shot. And I think you should feel extremely proud of yourself <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, yeah, that you created an image like this. Uh, Thank you so much for joining with us today, Dee. This has uh, been so much fun. I am glad we had a winner that was willing to come on. It can be intimidating to think you're going to come on to a show, but thanks for doing that.
2: Thank you. It's been fun.
0: Good, good. Okay, we, we want to close up with our doodads of the week in this episode. So I'm going to start off with one that <laughs> you might not even be able to get these days right now with these <laughs> with what's going on. Um, it's an, it's called the Aver Media Live Gamer Ultra, and I am not a gamer, so that's not <laughs> why why this is my pick. Um, it's my pick because this is something that allow. It's called an HDMI capture card. Is kind of the general term for a device like this it takes hdmi in and it makes it become a recording device to your computer including streaming so this is a device you could use to to make it so that your nice dslr or mirrorless camera can be used as you do Zoom meetings or whatever's going on uh, in the virtual world we li- are living in right now to make that happen. I'm going to use it because I want to capture my screen as I'm using Lightroom Photoshop and creating tutorials. <clears throat> because I uh, I don't want to have there's a lot of tutorials I do where the performance of the computer is really important. And if you use recording software while you are using like Lightroom and Photoshop, it takes up memory and CPU and it, it slows stuff down. So um, I got this so I can now record on a second computer my screen and be able to have that work. So I know not, not most of you listening don't care about that, but I I decided to make it my dude out of the week because it's, it's a good option. There's a ton of them. There's a whole bunch of options to make it so you can connect your camera and use it on video conferencing. This one was $180 when I bought it, which is why I picked this one. There were there were other choices that were more expensive and out of stock. This one was in stock, and it was only $180, and it can even do 4K capture, so you can take a 4K input and be able to, to make that be something you can use with your video conferencing, so super, super cool. Um, As I went and looked on Amazon today, (laughs) it's not available from Amazon. It's out of stock and they are charging $300 now. There's some sellers available that have them, but they're they're charging a premium to buy these devices. So it's not a great time, but maybe put it on your list for later (laughs) or watch when Amazon gets it again.
1: All right, Brian, what do you have? So Mother's Day is coming up next month and You know, I've got four kids. My daughter just turned 18, and then I have a son, 15, another one turning 13, and then one that just turned 10. And for many, many, many years, my wife has only asked for one thing on Mother's Day, and that's an album, you know, an album of that year. Uh But when you're a photographer and you've got multiple thousands of images, you know, mixed in with family photos, like it's hard to do that. And so, for many years, I failed her. Until last year, last year she got her first album, and this year she's getting her second one. Oh, so it work, Brian. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but what I've been doing is, honestly, most of those images are ones just taken from my iPhone that I have, and then I immediately export those just up into a Google Doc or a Google Drive folder. So that way, when it comes to Mother's Day and doing the album, I already have those images there. So I know this is kind of a long story, but it connects me (laughs) to my doodad, which my doodad is it's a $10 uh, little tiny tripod that gets really low and then yet has a nice little handle. Um, It is by B-somebody. Who is it by? Um, It is a B-stable cam, aluminum-like little tiny tripod that gets really flat or you can, you know, adjust it. But it fits in your pocket and I've just been using it a lot lately for many different purposes, mainly with my the phone on my iPhone 11. Uh, I love the cameras that are on there, especially the wide angle with video. I've been capturing a lot with my boys out on their skateboards and stuff lately. And just amazing when you're shooting video and, and wide on that camera. Yeah. But the tripod has been extremely handy for me to just kind of have fun and to just take random pictures and be creative in ways that I haven't. So it's a little mini one and you can get an adapter you know, for your phone or you can use it with your you know, big camera if you want. But it's a nice little pocket size tripod and I really have enjoyed it. Excellent. All right. So, D, we didn't
0: give you a ton of warning on this. So, if there's something that comes to mind that is a, a doodad that would help photographers that you can recommend, we'd love to have it. If not, we can just skip that. Would-
2: yeah. Actually, something I picked up. I bought myself for Christmas this winter, and I finally went out and kind of played with it. I got a new... So, out in the rodeo arena, I hate the camera straps that are on my shoulders because uh-huh. I have kind of a bad back and
0: uh-huh.
2: carrying big cameras and lenses, it gets pretty achy after a while. So I got, it's by cotton carrier okay. and they have a harness that kind of fits over. You can, and you can actually snap the camera right in front of you kind of across your chest. And then they've got another belt one. They can snap on your hip and I picked that up, got myself that for Christmas this winter. And so I've kind of been out playing around with it um finally going out on hikes with the dogs and wearing it and it's it's got a little bit of a learning curve to learn to get the camera on and off the connection pretty quick but i think i'm i think i'm gonna like it and i'm kind of looking forward to being out in the rodeo arena and stuff with it and try it out there
0: very cool all right, we'll have links to those things in the show notes, so we can check those out. Thank you again, D, for joining us. It was so you. much fun. Mm-hmm. And uh maybe you maybe you'll win another contest, and we'll get back together maybe. again.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Brian, for joining us.
1: Thank you. Glad to be here.
0: We want to remind everyone masterphotographypodcast.com is where you're going to find everything about the show. We also have our Facebook group. You can go over to Facebook and search for Master Photography Podcast and should come right up. You do have to ask to join that group. We want to keep the spammers and the bots out of there. So listeners only, you do have to name a host. So Brian will work and Jeff and now D will work. So if you can, if you can provide a name of a host, that would work out. Uh, you can find my work over JSharmonphotos.com, or my other podcast is phototacopodcast.com, and uh, I checked I do a whole bunch of like nerdy, geeky technical topics and try to make it so everyone can understand it instead of having to be a nerd like I am, <laughs> and over there at Phototaco Podcast. Brian, where can people find you? People like
1: me appreciate your nerdiness. <laughs> yeah. which I've, I've told you before, though. Uh, you can find me, my website's just com. That has most of everything. But mainly right now, I've been posting on Instagram with at Brian McGuckin or Facebook, which is at Brian McGuckin Photography.
0: Excellent. And Dee, where could people find your work?
2: Um, I Facebook and Instagram, mostly Instagram lately, and, and my website and they're all the same. It's D Photography, just the letter D and then my last name and photography.
0: And that's D-E-E-C-U-S-I-C-K. So I get that right? Yeah,
2: so the, it's actually D-C-U-S-I-C-K. Oh, okay. Photography for, for the sites, but yeah.
0: Gotcha. Okay, very good. Well, thanks everyone for listening. We appreciate all of you so much. We hope that you're all safe and we hope you're doing well in these challenging times we have today, and we'll see you all again in another seven days.